Dear Jesus, I come to you right now and I thank you for this day and I thank you for this opportunity that we get to hear from someone who is older and wiser and has already been through all of college. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, hello and welcome to the Crimson and Cream Christians. I represent the Crimson and Cream Christians here at OU, but we represent all Christians on college campuses, and it is family weekend this weekend at OU, and because of that, I am here with my dad. Hey, William, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, so... Um, my dad has already been through college, so let's hear about that. Where did you go to? What did you major in? And all of the basic college information. Sure. I, uh, I graduated high school a number of years ago in 1994. Uh, I had the joy of going to Louisiana Tech University in Ruston, Louisiana. While I was there, I majored in sociology with an emphasis in criminology and a minor in criminal psychology. Mm-hmm. So it was a great time. Really, really enjoyed my time there. Had some wonderful teachers, some wonderful experiences. Uh, always desired to be in law enforcement, thus my major. Uh, spent some time as a deputy sheriff, but for the most part, I never once fused my official major. But mm-hmm. I've used it every day just in interacting with people. Nice. Um, so... In college, were you part of any groups like fraternities or just any other organizations on campus? I was. So I was a member of fraternity. Uh, At Louisiana Tech, it was a wonderful university, but Mm a total of about 10,000 students during the busiest part of the year. And so if you were not a member of a social organization, there was really nothing to do on campus, which is one thing that blows me away about OU when I visit this campus is I know it has a strong social, Greek social life, but it also has just a, an extremely positive experience for the students that are not in Greek life. Mm-hmm. Uh, very encouraging, that's why whenever you looked at wanting to come to OU, I was just thrilled with it. I mean, I'm blown away by the stature of the university, uh, everything that's available. I got to go to my first home OU football yeah, game last yeah, night yeah. against Iowa. Uh, amazing experience. I mean, literally brought a tear to my eye when you see everyone, 83,000 fans in the stadiums mm-hmm. just going nuts. <laughs> it was it was probably the greatest experience I've ever had. Yeah, that was a really fun game, too. We had some uh, highs and some lows during that. You did, but I have to say, three plays in to see that interception mm-hmm. run for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who was sitting next to me. They were my brother, my friend. I was hugging them, loving them, everything else. It was a great experience. Yeah, that, that was crazy. We were not even a minute into the game, and we already had a touchdown. OU is a special place. Yes, and I guess we'll see that next week going into OU, Texas. Be safe on your drive down there. <laughs> but uh, I will be watching from home. Cannot wait to see that game. That's going to rock. I'm so excited you get to go see it in person. Right. I'm jealous. I always tell you, I'm jealous. They always say that when you're jealous of something, you desire what somebody else has. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not jealous of much. I've been blessed beyond measure in my life. And the only thing I'm jealous of is that you get to go to this university and experience what's available here. I desire that. But aside from going back to college, uh, 
that ship has sailed, so <laughs> I'll, I'll live vicariously through you. Fair enough, fair enough. So, um, you have always raised me uh, through going to church and um, always instilled in me that having a relationship with God is more important than everything else. So, how did you come to know God and start growing in your faith? You know, my, my history, even today, it's tough. Mm-hmm. The world we live in uh, is not one that is overly friendly to Christ followers. Uh, I would say that as a child, my life was much simpler and what's ironic is my grandmother, who was the rock, the taproot of our family tree, would say the same thing. Her childhood, she was born in the, uh, just before the Great Depression. So her childhood was obviously much simpler. My mother, born in the 50s, uh, 40s actually, her childhood was much simpler. So was mine, so was yours. When you have your kids one day, you're going to say, my childhood was so much simpler. But... Uh, for me, my grandmother started out really young. You know, I never knew a Sunday that I wasn't in church. Mm-hmm. And that didn't necessarily constitute to me living a Christ-centered life, but it also ensured that I always had Christ in my life. And that was very key, I think, to me because as a young child, you know, our prayers over time changes. And so as a young child, it would be, uh, Jesus, if you can just help me, you know, get get a good grade on this test, I promise I'll do better tomorrow. And you get the good grade, and you're like, thanks, and you kind of forget about it. The next test comes up, oh, Jesus, if you can just help me get a good grade on this test. And then you start seeing different elements of your life where you see God working without realizing God's working. And it that that's what really in my life has built my faith is I can look back on times when I thought God wasn't there. And in fact, not only was he there, but he was preparing me for what comes next. And when you can when you take the the glasses off and you can see how clearly God has orchestrated different elements of your life, you stand in awe and wonder and amazement. And so I'd, I'd say that's probably it for me is that, you know, my grandmother, my mother, we've always been very uh, Christ-centered. Although he may not have been the center of my life, he was in my life. And because of that, I just didn't shut his door and he just stayed there with me. And so I'm very grateful for that. Right. Thank you for sharing. Um, when you were in college, or did you face any challenges while being a Christian at your college campus? I would say that was one of the points of my life where my faith was not the strongest. Mm-hmm. Not because I wasn't relying upon God and He wasn't showing up, but because I wasn't a fraternity. I was not looking for Jesus. I had a a wonderful girlfriend. We dated off and on, but it was my issue, and it's now your mom, mm-hmm. it's my girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, but we 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 were together. We would break up. But my my thing is, I was looking for worldly satisfaction. Right. I enjoyed 
Saturday night, not because of the football game. As much as I like the Bulldogs, they're in the news today because one of the players stepped on the neck of another player, not mm-hmm. really a sportsmanlike condition. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we didn't have to worry about parking in a Louisiana Tech football <laughs> game. You had plenty of it. You could have an entire acre of parking for your tailgate. No one would show up. Uh, hopefully that's changed for that university, but it was a suitcase college. Yeah. Um, so as a result, I wasn't looking for Christ. He was with me. I didn't actively push him away, but I definitely didn't invite him in because they always say that, you know, sin grows in the dark. Well, I gave it plenty of dark and mm. it had plenty of opportunity to grow. So uh, I'm very appreciative for my fraternity brothers. I still have good relationships with them. Um, we we still are all trying to figure it out, but you know I don't blame them for my own shortcomings. We were just a bunch of 18 to 21 year old kids having a great time with the ability to do just about anything we wanted to do, even if we shouldn't have done it. So fair enough. So yeah, it was not probably a point in my life that I would look back and say, hey, this is a model Christian. It is a model center and exactly everything that you can do, but was it the smartest thing for me? And I give God a lot of glory in that because my life could be very different than it is today. And again, because he was there with me, I was safe. I had fraternity brothers. My big brother in in my fraternity was actually shot and killed. due to an intra-fraternity prank. Uh, Very heartbreaking for me. Really kind of a wake-up call for me. And maybe that's not something that I want to continue. I am so excited again that you're at OU because there's so much going on. You don't feel the pressure to participate in that organization. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I think it's great. It's so wonderful to have that. But... To see, and you, you've been in college, what, like a month and a half now? Two months, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, it's like six, seven weeks. Okay, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. You take me around campus yesterday, and you're walking us around, and you're like, hey, this is, and this is, and you're introducing me to all these people that you know, that you've already become friends with, and you've developed relationships with. My goodness, brother, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I could have, and I was known as the walking phone book. I knew everybody. <laughs> I knew their phone numbers, where they lived. But it took me a while to get to that. And you've been here two months, and you've kind of, you've got a great social group, and I'm just elated for you. So God was present, but I didn't actively invite him in because I didn't want him to see what I was doing. So um, during college, was was there a time where that kind of switched to you, for you, like towards the end? Yeah, it did. Um, As you, when you get ready to graduate, right? You realize you're an adult now, and I think I don't I don't want to say generationally because I don't know if that's true. I, I think it has to do a lot with your upbringing. But there was the point in my life when I realized, hey, I am an adult now, and I do have to find a job, and I do have to support myself, and I do want to get married to this young lady who's your mom, mm. and I want to have a family, and I want to be successful. Um, And so I've got to figure out how to do it on my own. And so that's one of those times where your mom, we met in in church youth group. And so, you know, your mom is very, very strong in her belief. It has always been very strong in her belief, much more 
uh, than I am. And so I wanted to not let her down. I wanted to win her heart, and I knew I had to get my act together if <laughs> she was going to pay attention to me. So, you know, in many ways, uh, she was a big part of that. But as you get older, you realize that it's time for you to, you know, step up and, and be who you're supposed to be. And I just prayed, God, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And uh, it was one of those times where, as I started asking for that question, very different question as you get older. What am I supposed to do? What's your will for my life? Where am I supposed to go? Is this the right job? Is this the right apartment? Is this the right whatever? As you start asking those questions, then you start relying on Jesus. And the important thing is, is to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as I've gotten even older, there's what I want. There's what God wants. And sometimes those align. And when they do, everybody's happy. Sometimes those do not align and they bring heartbreak because you either push God's wills to the side to do your will or God's will takes over and it's not necessarily what you want at the time because, again, you don't, you don't see that. And when it's all over, you're like, wow, God's will was so much better than mine. And so you have to, as, as you grow in your Christian walk, you have to get to the point where you will forego what you want knowing that what God wants for you is better. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to think that way because we have an entire organization. You're in communication, so you're going to be part of that organization telling everybody what they want, what they should do, how they should live, what's okay, what's not okay. And so you have a group of impressionable individuals that are saying, well, you're wrong, Jesus, and the world is right. We know that's not the case. Um, but yet we're the strong Christians standing up saying look we can still love you even if we don't agree with you lack of agreement does not mean lack of love does not mean lack of care does not mean lack of respect and that's what's difficult because they're like you either you're either for me or against me I had that mindset at a time in my life Mm -hmm. and I realized that no you can still be for me but not support me you could still want the best for me, but not say, I'm going to help you do what's wrong because I really care about you. So, and that's tough. That's, that's a super tough message to have, to understand, to comprehend. And it takes a level of maturity that I don't see prevalent in a lot of people to say, look, I understand you don't like what I'm doing right now. I appreciate you being there. And that's what I've always told you. You can never make a mistake that I'm not going to be there to, to love you, to pick you up, and to take care of you. I may tell you you're making a dumb mistake, and I do oftentimes, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be there to love you. Right. So anyway. Um, what are ways that God blessed you in college that you are still experiencing the benefits of now? A desire to learn. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one thing that... I look at different gifts, you know, and people can look at gifts in a variety of ways. My gift is I feel like God has given me the aptitude to learn something new. And so as I look through college, college was relatively easy for me. I think, number one, my natural sense of who I am, I'm inquisitive and I'm observant. In the social sciences, I'll never forget one of the first classes Gary Stokely had uh, one of our tests were to do, and I 
if I get the word right, I'm happy. An ethno-methodology mm-hmm. experience, which is basically go in and do something that breaks the norms of society and see how people react. An example would be getting in an elevator and standing really, really close to someone or making eye contact. Because what do you do in an elevator? You look up, you look down, you look forward, you never look at somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, so that was fun for me, right? I mean, I enjoyed making people uncomfortable because I didn't do it in a way that um, was threatening. But the norm was, you st- in, in our time, maybe you stand three foot apart, today you're nine feet apart, you know. But uh, if you would stand closer or someone was about to check out, you just walked up to the register at Walmart, checked out before them, right? Mm-hmm. It's rude and disrespectful. It is breaking a norm of society of cutting. But at the end of it, you know, you could explain what you were doing, why you're doing it. You wanted to see their reaction. Some people would laugh it off and say these stupid college kids. Other people would get really, really angry. Um, but you just have to see. So anyway, I really enjoyed that. But the aptitude of learning is what's helped me throughout my life. I've learned how to work on diesel trucks, build buildings, pour concrete, clear land, run equipment. Just aptitude to say, you know, you can do anything in this world you want to do. You just have to first be willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. So aptitude is the one thing college taught me that I still live with. Nice. Um, finally, do you have any advice for me and other college kids just starting or currently in their college experience? Well, yes. I've shared one piece of advice with you already, and it make it it comes off a little harsh, but there's a point in time to follow your passion, and there's a point in time to do what you have to do to take care of yourself. And ideally, if you can follow your passion and pay your bills, then you're set. That's mm-hmm. euphoria, I would think. But uh, if you have to choose, make sure you take care of yourself because the future, I, I don't necessarily always believe the future is 100% bright. I think it's, for a Christian, it's going to have a lot of turmoil. Jesus tells us that in the Bible. And he tells us what to prepare for. And so right now, more than ever, I believe that Christians need to go back to the Word of God. They need to spend time in the Word. They need to pay attention to what God says because the principles that were taught by Jesus years ago, centuries ago, are relevant today. And people want to put antiquity out and say it doesn't matter, but... um, those who don't know history are destined to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And I think now's the one time the advice I could give you is is put your time into the Word of God. Put it into something that's going to matter. Put it into something that is going to help you be the best person that you can be. Learn everything you can learn. Meet as many people as you can meet. OU is amazing with its international students, with students just from around the United States. Meet everybody. Get to know them. Understand what makes their culture tick, what makes them tick, what makes them unique. Because ideally, the more we get to learn and understand each other, I really believe the better we can be as a human being, as a society, as a person. Because in the end, we're not different. We're all pretty much the same. Um, We all want the best for each other. 
and we all just need to learn how to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your time here at OU. I think, as I said, I'm jealous of you getting to go to college here. This is an amazing university. Uh, I'm blown away by what it offers its students. And uh, I think that OU can have a great option for you in the future. And I just, I wish you the best. And I'm excited. I'm honored to be on your podcast. And I'm blown away by what you've done in two months. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for you tomorrow. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. And thank you for always supporting it from the first time I went home and just pitched the idea to you. This thing is awesome. I mean, I think it's so great. I, as I walk across campus, William, I look at what you can do with this podcast and the way you can reach people and talk to people. And as I walk across campus, I look at every one of them. And I'm like, all of these people have a story. Mm-hmm. What's their story? You know, and I think that's the one thing about my, my time in college, sociology, right? Story, people, what is it? What makes them tick? What makes them who they are? Where'd they come from? Why'd they choose OU? Why'd they choose that major? Is it a family tradition? Is it is it something they're really passionate about? And so I look at that. I think your podcast has so much it can do to reach people and just ask them what makes them unique. And, and God has a door open for everybody. And some people will actively reject Jesus. And as a Christian, that can be painful to see. But uh, at the same time, Jesus gave us a pretty simple job. Go spread the gospel to everyone in the world, and you have an opportunity to do that. So high five to that. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see what you do. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray it out, and then we will see all you listeners, or talk to all you listeners next week. All right, dear Jesus, I come to you right now. And I once again want to thank you for this opportunity to get wisdom from someone that has already been through college. And hopefully we can find something. I know I found something that I can apply to my life throughout the rest of college. And I pray that we have a great week. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.